Hi, this is Lainey Cameron, and you're listening to the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. I'm a marketing expert, a digital nomad, and the author of the 12-time award-winning novel, The Exit Strategy. If you haven't read it yet, I'd love to know what you think. I created this podcast to showcase authors and books I admire, and I'm thrilled that this season, Ashley Hasty, book blogger extraordinaire and creator of the Hasty Book List, is joining me as a co-host. We'll be alternating weeks. In this episode, Vina Rao joins me to share the inspiration behind her novel, Purple Lotus, which won the 2021 American Fiction Awards. This is a page-turning story of an Indian immigrant that touches on issues of domestic abuse, shame, and balancing family and cultural obligations. But let's have Veena tell us more about it. I am so excited to be here, be here with Veena Rao because this book, Purple Lotus, it's been winning awards. I believe it won the American Fiction Awards for Multicultural Fiction. And I love any book that spans countries. And this is a book that starts, it takes you from India to the US and back to India again and back to the US to the South. It's dealing with all kinds of issues that are such important issues for women dealing with culture and shame and how do you get over your childhood history and I guess first off, I need to say congratulations for having this amazing award-winning novel for, I think it's your debut. Is this your debut novel? It is my debut novel. Thank you so much, Veena, where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from Atlanta, Georgia. Excuse me, Hotlanta, Georgia. So <laughs> yes, Hotlanta, Georgia, which is, I think, not a coincidence that your main character comes from India to Atlanta in the novel, right? Yes, that's pretty much the, you know, my journey. I wanted to talk about a place that I knew intimately. So that's the reason it's so, set in Atlanta. So if folks are not familiar with Purple Lotus and they haven't had a chance to read this wonderful book yet, why don't you start by telling folks a little bit about the story, what the book's about? Yes. So Purple Lotus is about a woman who moves from India to the American South uh, and she's trapped in a loveless, abusive marriage, you know, until she realizes the importance of self-love. And that gives her the courage to break free, gently rebuild her life and, um, you know, to fight for the right to self-determination. That's pretty much the book in a nutshell. And it's, it's a very hopeful book. I mean, she has to have so much courage to work through all of this. But to me, ultimately, I love the fact that to me, it was a very hopeful book. Like she is ultimately going to overcome these things. I'm not giving any spoilers away, but like right. there's a lot of hope in this book. It's not, it's not just sad. I actually wrote my own review that like it broke my heart and then put it back together again. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. So where did the inspiration for a fabulous novel like this come from? Obviously you said it's set in Atlanta that's coming from real life, but like where was the spark of inspiration to write this story, oh, to write Tara's story? Actually, I was inspired by a book. A friend gave me a copy of a book called The Kite Runner, which is a best-selling novel written by Khalid Hosseini. I loved it. And I was, um, you know, so inspired by it that I went looking for his second book, which is The A Thousand Splendid Sons. And I loved it even more. I fell in love with the two principal uh, protagonists, two female protagonists, Mar Mariam and Leila. And, you know, I was so inspired by the book that I immediately sat in front of a blank page. I didn't have a story back then, uh, so I typed the title, Purple Lotus. Uh, the lotus is such a beautiful symbol of 
rising above one's circumstance. So I guess I knew the trajectory of the story, but I didn't have the story. And the story developed as I wrote the manuscript. But of course, I always knew that I wanted to write a story. I used to write uh, in, back in school. I used to write full-length detective novels on my notebook uh, that were modeled uh, along the lines of Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys <laughs> yeah, for my classmates to read. So I always knew I wanted to write a book. And of course, I come from a patriarchal community. So I guess I knew that confronting the patriarchy would be one of the themes of the book. And I also knew that I wanted to write about some of my early experiences as an immigrant in this country, especially the female bonds, the sisterhood that you see in the book. You know, those scenes are based on my own experiences in this country. And of course, I'm a journalist by day. Uh, and hence, it was important for me to base my book uh, on social justice themes like the right to self-determination and uh, confronting abuse. Let me um, let me read a couple of highlights from one of your endorsements. And this is a, a beautiful endorsement, and I thought it captured the book well. And it's by Elaine Neal Orr, who's the author of Swimming Between Worlds. And I just thought she, her words were lovely. She said, it's a dazzling tale of an Indian-American woman finding her way through the labyrinth of tradition to self-awareness in the modern world. The writer employs an energetic prose style interspersed with melodic passages to make the writing itself a hybrid. And she's really getting into that beauty of your writing, which I think is part of why you won some of these awards. And I love how she says, it appeals to readers everywhere, especially women to claim the full measure of their human right, a vivid and resplendent novel for our time. I mean, that review right there captures why this book has been winning all these awards. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what did a revision or edit process look like for you? It was your first. And like you say, you started without knowing, you know, all of what it was going to be. Right, so right. like, did you have to go through many, many versions? How did it change as you went? Oh, my gosh. I had to cut literally a third of the book. The first draft of the book was over 120,000 words. It was super bloated. A lot of characters, uh, especially in the first half of the book, the childhood parts of the book, which is set in my hometown, Mangalore, India. There were so many uncles, so many aunts, four aunts, two uncles, one nephew. And in the end, there was just one uncle. I had to drop all the other characters in the interest of moving the story forward and focusing on what happens to Tara after she moves to the American South, after she moves to Atlanta. Immigrant, I wanted to make it an immigrant story and talk about what happens to Tara as an immigrant in this country. So that's ultimately what the book is about. Is there anything a reader might be surprised to know was different in the earlier versions? Obviously, some of the parts in India, less characters, like you say, but anything else? Like, did the ending change or is there anything that like oh. a reader might be like, oh, that is not what, what made it to the end version? <laughs> oh, yes. I've tried several endings, at least five or six major drafts with a different ending. But of course, none of that, you're a writer, so you know, uh, you know, some things work, some things don't. And I felt that this was the perfect ending for the book um, because it is hopeful. One of the earlier drafts, in one of the earlier drafts, principal character, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, don't give me any spoilers. Don't give the spoilers, readers spoilers right. if they haven't read the yeah, book. One of the characters uh, dies. <laughs> and then later I realized, no, that's not going to work uh, with readers. And I wanted to end it with hope. Interesting. I'll ask you offline which character almost died. <laughs> <laughs> what about a 
advice for other writers? I mean, everybody wants to have the debut that wins all the awards like this, and it's really been held up as a book that's a great example of writing that multicultural fiction that is not just a US-based book, but brings in a different cultural background. Like, what did you learn along the way? Well, just rewrite. Edit your book over and over again until um, you know you think it's polished to perfection. Read books that illuminate other cultures, diverse books. I think you cannot become a writer unless you're a reader, right? And I learned that the hard way. When I started to write my book, I had stopped reading fiction for about 10 months because I was so, um, I'm a journalist by day. I run a newspaper. Uh, I'm a small business owner. And I was so consumed with the challenges of running it that I had stopped reading fiction. You cannot write unless, I think reading opens your mind. You see things differently. You broaden your horizons. Do you avoid reading any particular things that are close to your own genre? I've heard this from a lot of, some writers like won't read while they're revising, which is really interesting to me. I, I have no problem. No. I, I read all the time. But I've also heard some writers say like they can read while they're revising, but nothing that's so close to their voice or their topic because they don't want to be influenced by something that's very close. Do you have that issue at all? Or do you find that like, no, no it just doesn't I, affect you? In fact, I read other works by Indian American authors like Jhumpa Lahiri, Chitra Banerjee, Divakarinu, over and over again. Uh, that helped me spark my creativity. Yes. And now my second book is um, set in small town Georgia. So I'm steeped in Southern fiction, reading a lot of Southern fiction these days. Well, you brought it up. So tell us a little. Are you willing to tell us a little about the second one that you're working on? Oh, <laughs> it's a work in progress set in small town Georgia, a fictional town. Uh, the protagonist is once again from India. She's an immigrant. Um, well, there's a plantation house, <laughs> uh, buried secrets. Well, that's all I can reveal for now. Oh, great. It sounds like you were saying earlier, you, you imagined writing more like mystery when you were younger. And it sounds like it's got some of those mystery elements. You're saying it's got buried well, secrets. It has mystery elements, but it also talks about race relations and casual racism. So that's it's, the main principal theme of the book. And let me ask you, because you have read widely among um, Indian authors, as you're saying, are there tropes or things that you have to worry about that kind of keep getting repeated in that genre of literature? Or is every book so diverse and so different? There's no, there's nothing that you have to worry about falling back to. I think a lot of uh, Indian American writers these days are exploring with new themes. But yes, uh, there is always this fear of going back to, you know, overdone tropes like um, uh, assimilation for one thing. You know, a lot of writers in the 90s and early 2000s, they wrote about assimilation, but I think that's overdone these days. So yes, but a lot of new writers, you know, a lot of Indian American writers are getting published these days and they're all, you know, exploring something new. And I think it's wonderful. The publishing industry is changing and I think it's more open to diverse voices, which is, you know, a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, talking of, obviously you're very well read. Are there any books you would recommend or that you've read recently or that you particularly enjoy that you would recommend to those who are listening to the podcast here? Yes. You know, I read uh, books by these two wonderful, amazing Atlanta authors, Southern authors. Uh, one of them is Ginger Eagles, The Nature of Remains. Ginger lives in Atlanta and we collaborated on a teaching assignment uh, a few months ago. And her book uh, has won, The Nature of Remains, has won several awards, uh, including Georgia Author of the Year. 
which uh, in the same category that my book was a finalist. The Nature of Remains dives deep into the complex lives of a small fictional town in Georgia. And I think Ginger has done a fabulous job of uh, exploring the shifting relationships between the book's diverse characters and the effect of a major economic downturn, the recession of 2008 on the lives of the characters. Uh, beautiful, nuanced writing, and her characters are all uh, different shades of gray, but they will stay with you long after you have finished the last page. And I love how she melts the ge uh, geography of the, uh, of the place with the lives of the characters. And also this, because it's Southern fiction, there's deeply buried secrets, and I highly recommend this book. And the second book is Robert Gwaltney's The Cicada Tree. I think it has all the classic elements of Southern Gothic uh, fiction. Once again, a plantation house, and uh, race relations, supernatural elements, uh, magic uh, realism. It's a beautiful book and beautiful language, uh, a must read. I highly recommend both this book. Awesome. And I will put the links to both of those in the show notes on the website at bestofwomensfiction.com, as well as links to your social media. A question for you, because this must be a fabulous book club book read. I can imagine book clubs really getting into this. There's so many different topics around immigration, around shame, around our cultural heritage, around how your childhood affects your future life, around domestic abuse. I mean, so many different themes in this book. Have you been surprised or touched by anything as you've been out interacting with readers, anything that you didn't see coming before your first conversations? I guess I'm surprised by how well, you know, American readers, uh, you know, for my book took a lot of years to get published, to find a publisher. It took ten, over 10 years to get published. I'm surprised with how well they can Embrace relate it. to the characters. They can relate to the characters and the story so well. Uh, I think that surprises me every time. Interesting. I can see why, though, because what she's dealing with, what Tara's dealing with is universal, right? Like she may exactly. have elements of you know what she experienced personally that come from her culture and her history in India. But the thing she's dealing with, which is really about your sense of self, is a, a universal theme and so i can totally see i mean i related to her absolutely oh thank you and abuse is universal you know right. abuse is universal um and patriarchy also happens you know people stay married for different reasons and i know of so many friends here who have gone through abuse and who have um, who stay stuck in a bad uh, relationship uh, for whatever reason. And I'm, I'm so happy that people have, um, readers have related to this book. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything I haven't asked you that you like to talk about relative to Purple Lotus? Well, uh, the audio book of Purple Lotus just released uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm very excited about it. And it's available everywhere that audio books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play. And so if you, your readers are fans of audiobooks, please, please go ahead and order a copy. Oh, phenomenal. Are you happy with the narrator? Do you like how it ended oh, yes. up being? Yes, she, she is phenomenal. Uh, it's, um, her name is Jeet Sadi, and uh, she is wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. I'll see if I can find a link and put in a link to a sample if people want to listen to a little sample of the audiobook and put links to where they can find it as well. Well, it is lovely that you joined me today. I've wanted to have you on for a while, so I'm glad we can make it happen. Where do you like to hang out in social media world? Like if people want to follow you, is there a particular place or platform that you tend to be more than another? Well, I'm very active on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 
And I'm trying okay. to develop a TikTok personality. So it's never too late to learn, right? Wow, that's brave. It's a lot to try and span all of those different platforms. It's it's a lot. So, okay, yeah, we'll put the links to all of those in the show notes too. And thank you for joining me. And thank you for writing such a beautiful, inspiring book. I so enjoyed it. Thank you so much. For links to the books mentioned in today's episode, the author's social media, and the video version, please visit www.bestofwomensfiction.com. I'd love if you subscribed to the podcast and giving it a quick review or some stars really helps. Also, if you enjoy it, please share it with friends.